Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and my favorite guest in the history of the world is back with me today, and that would happen to be Miss Brandy McDonald, my amazing, lovely wife. How are you today, my dear? <laughs> Hello, Dr. Don. <laughs> At all, Underdog Nation. Happy yes. Yep, yeah, we, we have uh, um, Brandy come in on her bi-weekly, um, or bi-monthly, I should say, uh, interview just to get up to date on what's going on and, uh, and and tell us a little bit of what's coming up here in the future. So, I don't know how much I've been on here is every two months. That's crazy. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, let's first of all we'll talk a little bit. Of, we just got back from the AFC event in uh, Toronto and that was, uh, it was quite an amazing event. Um, what are we, how was your experience at the AFC event? Well, that's a great group. I love it there. That was my third time there. I, that's a, uh, the only other trade organization currently in Canada that um, exists within a province where they have two different trade associations that a chiropractor can join. And um, they represent our brand, which we call the Neurologically Focused chiro Chiropractic, which is really keeping the nervous system as the main thing in chiropractic and so uh they were started 20 years ago but and they used to be called cac so i can remember going when it was cac and then i went a couple of years ago when they rebranded it became afc and so this was my third time and your first time there yes. and it was great they sold it out uh canada is ready for some change and ready for a new tribe i think people have been pretty isolated in canada for some time in chiropractic and i think that has allowed that really allowed people to come together the energy was amazing the crowd was amazing uh, the band that played my entire 50-minute talk next to me with the drums was amazing. Uh, it was all great. <laughs> well, you did it like a champ. Everybody else was like, oh, my God, I would have died and crash and burn. That would have happened, but trucking through. Uh, with a small little church group next to us with a band. What? Who knew? It was It was just hilarious was the only word I could use. Hilarious. <laughs> so I just say to most amiable people, can you imagine uh, public speaking is enough? pretty scary in the first place let alone if there's a band playing right next door to you and then you're basically at the end i think you're even a little bit hoarse because you had to they had a mic on full blast plus you're almost yelling <laughs> <laughs> yeah my voice was a little shot by the end of that particular session he came back for the ca session was two hours with the cas after that but uh yeah it was it was straight i was straining a bit by that evening talking to people which is probably makes people happy. I didn't talk as much as I normally do. So, <laughs> so by nighttime, they're probably happy about that. So let's talk a little bit about, because your talk was really cool, because it was all, it's all about like the salutogenic model of chiropractic care. And, and, and I really liked how, um, and this is really going to be for the regulated countries that are highly regulated, like UK, Canada, Australia, um, United States still, they're allowed to do a lot more than, than, than we can. But talk a little bit about how, uh, I loved how you explained that, um, we're trying. We're we want it. We're trying to be our salutogenic model of care, but we've been regulated in a pathogenic structure. Right. Well, kind of describe that a bit. Salutogenesis is a is a term used which really looks at all the factors that um, will improve health for somebody or health outcomes, versus the treatment and diagnosis of disease. By the time somebody is already on that disease continuum, um, so. Medicine obviously lives in a pathogenic model. Physiotherapy does. I would 
venture to say my naturopathy does. What it does is you have to have something wrong with you before you can go in and get help from that particular practitioner. Because very simply put, I mean, if you don't really understand the difference between salutogenesis and pathogenesis, there's lots of lots and lots of um, articles and you could get the book written by Antonovsky. He was a social scientist who um, really created this framework for care that is applied in nursing and psychiatry. And for me, in Toronto, I talked about how I started in, in this model of salutogenesis because I'm a social worker. And the idea is not just, not just health, but really that somebody is whole and that we're not there to fix people, but we're there to be a conduit or a facilitator to that wholeness. And so we can apply that in chiropractic, of course, but we are regulated in all of our countries in a pathogenic model. So we have a really, really dissonant profession. And, and dissonance means in the, in the model of salutogenesis, you're holding two contraindicative beliefs within your brain at the same time. And it creates a sense of confusion and chaos, really, because you know one thing, but you know another thing and it's confusing so we are regulated pathogenically but we care for people salutogenically and so <clears throat> i think that people are confused they think it's black or white it's really gray it's a continuum and and i think that we have to recognize that for most of us to practice we have to practice the pathogenic rules we have to assess and diagnose <clears throat> we have to treat we have to talk about medical terms we're regulated in the same health acts as many pathogenic medical practitioners at least and, and we, we are the same in Alberta it's the same in Australia where you fall under the same health act policy wise that governs medical doctors of course you're going to fall under the same expectations that govern medical medicine so now instead of being distinct we're, we're the same from a regulatory perspective but yet we know in our practices that we are unique and not only are we unique because of what we do in chiropractic as far as our product, the adjustment is concerned, we're unique in the way that we view people. So when you really live in this model, you really don't view people as broken. You don't view them as fixing them. You don't view them as treating their problem and you don't see them as their problem. Now, that's tough for people because pathogenically we have to assess and treat the problem from a regulatory perspective. So that means our paperwork, that means what we write down, that means our diagnoses. So that doesn't match then the way that we work with people. But it is possible, and that's, that's the entire premise of the shift that we created, what we realize it is actually possible to practice in that model. And I always say, you know, keep, the, keep your license and follow the rules and get to the business of caring people, for uh, caring for people, because they're not the same. They're parallel worlds, they're a continuum of the same world, but when it comes to people, they're either moving away from health or towards it. And that we have this ability, and that's what we do in the shift, is to show people that, and that loss of health that is happening for them doesn't have to have a bunch of symptoms attached to it. We know that the nervous system can be chaotic, disrupted, distorted, and that creates a distortion in the physiology which creates you can guarantee somebody who's distorted and their physiology is distorted in their life expression it doesn't happen any other way because we're not dealing with pieces of a whole we're dealing with whole people and that's really the premise of which i believe sets us apart from chiropractic and i believe will be the future of chiropractic in this brand for us to really actually understand how to practice that way um, while still following all of our crazy rules coming down the pipe but also for the people, it is going to be the future of healthcare because we segmenting people into their problems and their issues is just simply not working. 
And when you interview people as to what they want from their medical doctor or their healthcare provider, they often will say things like they want to be validated or they want to be heard or they want empathy. What, the, what they're really saying is they want to be seen as people. They don't want to be seen as their problem. And there's tons of research in social science and in social work that as soon as you start dealing with their people's problems and you take the person out of the perspective, you are less effective in helping them. So I think really us to understand that is critical in chiropractic because it, it is a completely different framework of care. It's a different way to practice and it's a different way to, to view people so that they can start to see how chiropractic really is a lifetime choice for their overall expression of who they're going to choose to be, how they're going to connect to the world, how they're going to connect to one another. Um, and, you know, you move them along the continuum to that conclusion. And I think I, I find this is the exact same issue that the, the, the more vitalistic schools have as well, because they still need to do their CCE guidelines, like the requirements. And that's the same thing with where practice. So it's going to be all the base diagnosis, the base pathology, the, all the base courses. We need all the base stuff as far as diagnosis, paperwork, all of our, our, our in, intakes, informed consent, all that kind of stuff. But then what differentiates the, the regular one from more vitalistic um, perspective was that you'd, you add it on top. So you still have that base stuff so that you're like, again, if you're not, if you don't have your license, you can't help our cause, <laughs> but you have it extra on top of it. And I think that's what we really wanted to do with the shift as well is because you can still have your paperwork all good and yeah. we'll change the conversation, but we're also not going over that paradigm or into the conditions paradigm. And, um, well, I think we're, we're dead because we all grew up every single one of us, unless you were born to a chiropractor in this brand, every single one of us, and what just it doesn't matter where you went to school, every single one of us grew up in a pathogenic model. That's the, that's the, the way that we think about the world. We think about it in pieces. We think about it um, as things we can see, touch and feel. We don't realize there's more to it than that. And so it may, that component of what we do, which is very reductionistic is part of what we do. So I think that that is the misconception is that the salutogenic model discards the reductionistic part of what we do, but it does not. Because in fact, what happens is we know there's a reductionistic part. We are, I always say we are pieces of a whole as much as we're whole with pieces that you can't have one without the other. The difference is when you, when you practice in this framework of care, you stay away from things like people are broken beyond repair and you're going to fix them. You're the hero for their problems. You don't own the outcomes. You observe, you, you actually learn to observe people's responses differently because you're observing them wholly. You're not just observing one part of them. You learn to, in my opinion, this is patient-centered care. We talk about patient-centered care all the time. I don't think there's any other model that is. I think if you suggest any other model of care is patient-centered care, you're wrong. I think it's actually chiropractor or practitioner-centered care. And this really does allow us to look at people individually, care for them individually, care for their needs individually. And that doesn't mean that their pieces of the whole don't matter, but we stay away from focusing only on that. And we also veer away from the good, the bad, the, uh, the you know, better or worse components of what we believe healing or health is. And we start to observe that it just is part because whatever happens for somebody, it's, it is happening for, for whatever reason. There's always a reason. Just because you don't understand it, Maybe just because you can't measure it, maybe because you can't see it or feel it, doesn't make it less valuable for your learning. 
And so I think that that there, it's a philosophy that the practitioner holds um, firmly onto and then brings their people along the continuum away from that pathogenic, was this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Am I really this bad, right? That we move them away from there because we want them to honor and respect and understand the intelligence that is much smarter than all of us making the decisions. And as we, as they become clearer, it makes different decisions because it's responding to the stimulus at hand, not a patterned stimulus of the past. And so people will, people learn that. Um, and it's not beyond their scope of understanding and it's not beyond their ability to wrap their brain around it. Unlike what we've been told, people will move there because we've seen thousands of them in our practice move to that model. We've moved to that model. Um, it was probably less of a jump for me because I started in that model and then didn't realize that that framework really applies to any any of us working in any kind of of people orientated service where we're trying to move somebody towards greatness whatever that greatness is for them and i think that also helps people take more responsibility for their own health too because they become they feel like they're involved they're not just being fixed or kind of treated in that. well you know, pe people do want that because they haven't been told there's another option. And so that's the biggest question we get is like, well, what, what about the people who, who want that? Well, like everybody wants that because that's what all they know. So of course people are going to ask for that. You're, when you, when you ascribe to this framework of care or this, this model of care in your office, you appreciate the fact that they're coming in with that perspective. And then your job is to, and we've already done tons of podcasts, on having the right concepts so that they can actually deduct from those concepts what actually makes sense for them. And it would make sense that we can't treat, fix, or heal them. That makes sense to people. But they have to have enough of the concept embedded first before they come to that conclusion that, of course, that would make sense to them. Yeah. Um, this is the second uh, session that you taught, which like I always like to sit in and in case you don't do them that much anymore, but uh, in the CA class, I know you're only, you're doing only one more CA class, I think this year, and that's in uh, Ireland, right? In so, yeah. But um, it was interesting because me and, and there was a couple other uh, chiropractors sitting in on that class. And I think it was really interesting because you kind of just took your PowerPoint aside and say, you know what, something just told you, let's just find out what you wanted. And we, we went around the room and kind of figured out what, the most and the cool the inter most interesting thing was is that it was more about like how to create clear conversations like how to like close almost closing loops and conversations what was your take on what was their biggest need as uh, chiropractic assistants yeah, well i think it's twofold i think it's um uh, number one they want to be valued because not because they're chiropractic assistants, because the number one driving desire of a human being is to be valued for their contributions in the office and there are things I think that chiropractors do that devalue a chiropractic assistant without recognizing it's devaluing. And they're not so, meaning to, right? It's just. It's no, they're just, not. No, nobody. I mean, it was, you know, there's probably 40 CAs in that room and I probably knew 95% of the chiropractors they all work for. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I know their, their bosses personally and professionally and I, not, none of them none of them are trying to devalue. In fact, they would probably be horrified if they thought they had to some degree unknowingly devalued their CA. So that's number one, that the, the, the staff really want to be valued for what they bring to the office and also want to be empowered 
to run the show in their part of the world that they're responsible for, which is really the scheduling and the front desk relationship that they have with the people uh, that come in. The second thing is that when something happens within a team dynamic, um, they often have the ability to uh, see it before something happens with the practice member. And, and it's, it's, you know, at the risk of getting hate mail, so don't give me hate mail, but we do know that primarily women, if, if they are relatively balanced in nature, do have a pretty strong instinct about people. And 98% of chiropractic assistants are female. And so they get a vibe from practice members pretty early on that, that they're sort of out the door. And they don't really know then how to handle it at that time. So what happens is they don't do anything or say anything. They don't share it with the chiropractic, uh, chiropractor. Chiropractor's going along great. Next thing you know, practice member never shows up for the next six months. And now the CA is tasked with recalls or trying to get comp them down or harass them and get them back in the door. And, you know, it's, it's, it's never the answer that people want, but it's, it's incredible how many questions I get about how, what to say on a phone call when somebody has basically told you they're not interested in your office and the chiropractor is still tasking the chiropractic assistant to phone them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to tell you what to say on a phone call because you should not be phoning them in the first place. How about you don't phone them? When somebody has told us something, whether it be overtly or subvertly, and we know that they're just done, why on earth would you task your staff to follow up with people that have clearly shown what what I call an interest objection, which means they just aren't interested at that time? Now, we're not talking about people who are interested or whose lives got in the way of chiropractic, was really the purpose behind really strong recall processes is to remind people it's been a certain period of time or they got back from holidays and their lives got in the way. You know, we appreciate people do not think about us the way we think about them. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people, the questions I get from chiropractic assistants and every single one of them in the room. And there were multiple variations of the same question was the fact that what do I say to people who my chiropractor wants to be phone and frankly, they don't want us. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't tell your chiropractor, they don't, they're not interested. Uh, yeah, and, right? and, we, and we don't ever hear the objection like they don't like recalling the people that get busy, that, they're, that they know they need to call them because they have a tendency, like maybe they're coming in every couple of weeks, but their schedule is crazy. Yeah. And they yeah. call me every two weeks. Like they don't have a problem doing that. Yeah. It's just yeah. calling when they already know they're out the door. And then like, then you feel like kind of on the borderline harassment, right? Because you're kind of like. Yeah. Well, you actually are harassing them. So let's be honest. If, if it, uh, listen, whose grandma didn't say treat others as you want to be treated. Like, give me a break. If I I have yet to meet somebody in the world who you leave a place of business and you've been in the probably relatively happy, right? These are, you're obviously going to people call people who are unhappy, but most people leave that have felt better after a short period of time, or they didn't want to pay for it anymore, whatever their reasons, but they've been relatively happy with our service and care. Mm -hmm. So you, if that's you, you're like, no, I'm good. I know where you are. Your phone number's in my phone. I got it. I can sort it out. And you have them start call, start calling you and harassing you. That's going to drive you bonkers. It actually, so you actually are harassing them. And I do think that the chiropractic assistant has this ability to know that and has to be allowed to have more leeway in their responsibility of how they handle that. I, that's where the training would make a better difference than getting somebody like Brandy to tell them what to say to people who aren't interested in your office. Right. Cause that was funny. Cause how, how that came up was the problem was raised, but then you always ask, well, why is that? And then we back it up to find out when the real problem is. 
And, and usually the reason it's so hard to answer that question is because that should have never got to that point. Yeah. And by the time you can't, you don't have the answer of why it got there. Um, you know, it, it had four, four girls, four, four women ask the exact variation of a different, of the same question, exact same. It just in their office was a different practice member with a different backstory, but there was the exact same question. And the question was, they knew that that practice member was out the door before the practice member was out the door. What they didn't have was a process in which either they were empowered to say to the practice member, like, what's going on? Like, if you're not interested, just say it to me. It's okay. It's okay if you have decided that you're now done. That's okay. Like, to give people enough respect and an environment of safety that somebody can tell you the truth because otherwise otherwise we just have this creepy conversation where nobody says anything and you, and you know from the book and all their podcasts we call it an open loop and everybody just lives practice in this weird open loop relationship with people where we never close the conversational loop and we never allow anybody to tell us the truth rather than drawing it out of them and Part of that is because we really, at the end of the day, we really hope that's not the truth. We want the truth to be something other than what it is. We hope if we don't say anything, then maybe they will be more interested in it. Well, that's not going to happen. It doesn't work that way. So once we get behind it all, it's just somebody's just simply not interested. And to just get to that, it gives, there's a huge sense of relief for you and for them to, for them to be able to say, yeah, you're right. I just want to call you. Perfect. See, here's the other thing back to this, the, the uh, patient-centered or practice-centered framework. When it really is about the person, when it is not about us, when it really is your framework of care and your framework of practice really is about the person, you do whatever it takes to, to encourage that person to have a, an open relationship with you with communication so they can say whatever they need to say. When it's not really fully about the person, we A, don't have an awareness that's actually all about us. And I don't think that's malintention. People just don't understand that most of the time, everything you do is about you. So you just hope that that's not the answer. And, and on a totally different side note, what we see in our coaching, our mentorship program is when you don't see a lot of people a week, you see 40 people a week or 50 people a week or 60 people a week, and five people don't want what you have to offer, no matter what you say, that does something to you. That's like 5% of your practice. So there's a level that's beneath the obvious that is a huge barrier for us to create this environment where people can tell us the truth. Then you, th you sprinkle in there, it's like the perfect recipe, you sprinkle in there some self-worth stuff, some I'm not good enough stuff, some I chiropractic doesn't work very well stuff, maybe it's something I said stuff. You, you, know, you stir it all together and you have the perfect recipe for making everything about you and nothing about them and then we never talk about what the issue is. And if you can't talk about it, you can't heal it. And if you can't heal it, you have a subluxated sick practice. And so I think from a chiropractic assistant's perspective, they are, they often can see that subluxation, but they are tasked then to deal with the symptom. And it's an unfair place to be. And I think to empower our staff to become part of the assessors, the checkers, the checkers of subluxation, and when, when they can, let them adjust it. You don't need to be the adjuster of all the subluxations in your practice. Now, if, if so, you know, the chiropractor might be just listening to this going, ooh, I don't know if I, if I am devaluing accidentally my staff or I'm not allowing them an opportunity to bring these things to me. What are some recommendations you could have for a chiropractor maybe to start the conversation with their chiropractic assistant, just opening up that safety net, allowing them to feel like it's 
like letting them be more comfortable bringing up those conversations. Well, here's a very, very, I know this is going to be shocking, right? You ready for it? Uh oh. Okay. Uh, oh, and see, and Lux is ready for it too. Yeah, Lux, Lux is ready for it too. I have a million dollar idea. How about you ask them? Why don't you ask them if, if anything you do devalues their role in, in, the, in the places of your practice that they are responsible? So you can see that Lux is very uh, excited about this particular comment. And what I mean by that is we, we, you, somebody's experience and our experience are two different experiences. So one of the things that I really, really, really kind of drive, tried to drive home with the chiropractic is, is what's the story you're telling yourself, which is thank you to Brene Brown. Because what happens is rather than understanding, I never want somebody to try and figure out somebody else's experience. That was like the worst call. You want to create dysfunction in a relationship. You try and figure out where somebody else is coming from without asking them. Okay. That is like the ultimate dysfunction in a relationship. So you just try and figure it out on your own. Why can't you? Because you tell yourself stories about stuff because you lie to yourself. And so you create this whole entire story about what's going on for somebody that might not even be going on for them. Right. So then you ask them then they can tell you. <laughs> so things that we do that we don't know that we step on toes. I mean, some examples are one of the worst things we do is we do not value their protection and elevation of the schedule. And this happens a lot when we grow a practice, we go from anybody coming in whenever they want to all of a sudden the chiropractic assistants really having to navigate a very complicated roadmap of how to fit people in, where to fit them in and following the schedule like a ninja where they never, ever, ever veer off course. The problem is if the chiropractor who hasn't really been involved in that growth process scheduling wise, uh, doesn't really understand that when you, when you can tell, when you tell somebody, you know what, come in on Wednesday and you haven't checked with the staff as whether you even have Wednesday available, yeah. that derails the CAs. It puts them in a very difficult position. It also disrespects their position. Mm -hmm. Or if you, one of your friends call, we used to have this in our office when we, we don't, we used to save a lot of our friends and they would call us, call the staff and the staff say, no, you can't come in at that time. And then they call me or you and they'd be like, Hey man, I want to come in at four. And if you say yes, and your staff have already said, no, this is a bit like parenting. Now you've got two people in two different corners and that's not a good place to be because somebody's devalued in that. So really boundaries of who does what and when. And the biggest challenge, I think, is why that doesn't happen is something happened yesterday that determines your relationship with your staff today. And that is probably the most devaluing thing you can do with your team. If you have the wrong people on your team, then you need to replace your team. So that's, that's number one. If you have the right people on your team and you've had wrong people yesterday, stop making the right people pay for what happened yesterday. That's unfair. So if staff maybe have not had the skill to navigate the schedule the way you wanted them to, or they made a mistake one time, or they said no one time, but that's not today and that's not them, then you have to step back and let them do what they do well. Because then you have a real uh, synchronicity to your relationship between the two of you. But you know, I, I liken it to the CAs. What I told the CAs in that class is I said, well, I, let me give you an, a, a recommendation. The next time they're in a room and they're checking somebody, I'd like you to walk into the room, interrupt the chiropractor and tell them that they haven't balanced out the leg legs properly and just see what they say. And a hush went over the crowd. <laughs> so it's the same though. 
Right. So we can't, we can't liken those to be two different experiences. Mm-hmm. Now we do because we own the practice. So we think, well, we've got control. We've got responsibility for everything. Well, that's also part of the pathology when you can't empower people to take, take position on, you know, their part of the ship that they're sailing and let them do it. You know, we, we, you and I have talked about this on podcasts. We talk about it with our shifters, the difference between the pilot that flies the 10 seater plane and the pilot that flies the dreamliner, the dreamliner pilots, if people have certain responsibilities, we often fly business. The, the service manager is the only person who works in business. You don't have somebody coming through business working in business. She's responsible for taking care of the business passengers. And the other six of flight attendants in the back take care of everybody else. And you don't mess that up because they, it gets, that's not what you, and the, you don't see the pilot coming out making sure no. the service manager has done what she needs to do for the people in, people in business. So you can't run a scaled, successful business without having people valued for what they do, but also allowed to do it. And if they make a mistake, they come back and they autopsy it and they tell you what they're going to do differently next time. But that they don't pay the price of the people yesterday, which is usually why a lot of this stuff happens. And before we know it, we're just in a pattern of behaving um, and we're devaluing their role in the practice. When I can just imagine, um, you know, you know, as a chiropractic team trying to either implement, maybe they've done the shift or doing there's something where they're trying to implement new procedures or new thought patterns into a practice, but they also have all this emotional chaos baggage that has never been mentioned. And then they wonder why things can't get changed in the team or they say, well, I told them to do it, but no one's implementing things. So it's, so it's almost like this is like the most important thing. Cause if you can clear up some of that emotional baggage, when, when you, when you decide as a team to do something, you can kind of do it a little bit quicker. Well, one of the worst things I heard and probably why I don't, I mean, it's not, this is not why I don't teach the programs anymore, independent of everybody. But one of my challenges, even in those days is that we would be talking about something specific to say the front desk or to the chiropractic assistant team. And then they, the CAs, again, because what they hear is based on the filter through their current experience. So I had a chiropractor come up to me who had sent her team to a class taught by a non-chiropractic assistant, non-chiropractor. And what her staff heard was, your chiropractors don't know what they're doing. So the staff then went back to the, to the team and said, so-and-so said, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so... So often in my, and also on the podcast, often in my classes, if I ever get a split, which I don't anymore, I would say, and I said this weekend, what, do not go, do not hear me saying this. Do not hear me saying that you should go in and interrupt an adjustment and ask about leg lengths. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that your chiropractor is an idiot because they do all these things. Everybody's relationship we build with one another is just built on our experience to date. That is why I just started this question based on the fact that if we just asked people, imagine that we just asked somebody, it would alleviate much of the chaos that we have in our relationships, not just in practice, but everywhere. And that we also are responsible as the leadership of the practice to create an environment of safety that you want to be able to have people say whatever they need to say to you in such a way that it is solution orientated. You can't, you don't want obviously a team to be just a complete bitch fast, which right. you can run the risk of anything that happens. I'm okay to debrief it. But the next thing I want to know is, well, what will you do differently next time? 
Because remember, we do need to debrief things. That's a super important tool to use when we are dealing with quite emotionally challenging people in our practice. And when I was in social work, that was a huge part of actually our training and our staff meetings was a debrief process when you're dealing with people that are so damaged that if you're not careful, they start to, um, you know, you start to take on that damage. And I see the same thing in chiropractic. So you have to be able to debrief with your team, but then you have to move on. And so you, you need to create enough experiences for your team to say, well, this is, this is what, what I think we're going to do about it once you've got it off your chest, especially if you're working with a bunch of females. They have to, we have to be able to talk about things and there will be a short bitching period and then we've got to move on and we've got to be able to facilitate a process where people do move on. Well, that brings us to the next thing is that now that this is what we've done with the Vitality Shift and all the programs you do is the CAs and doctors are always together. Yes. Well, um, and I had a few people just asking because they were a little bit unclear of the, 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 the two programs that we, we do and then kind of what, what they're about. And I was wondering maybe you could describe it because we've just opened up the Vitality Shift Immersion Day in Montreal on November 2nd. And, um, and then, of course, we have our, our Unplugged in Australia on June 1st. So maybe you can go over the difference of those two programs. That's so funny. I, you mean you mean our programs together that we both do? Hey, <laughs> this is for role playing. I'm, a, I'm oh, the, you're, you're the interviewee. Uh, this is. I don't is, think you should say that on the podcast. Does that sound <laughs> just creepy? Really? Uh, so, <laughs> the Shift Immersion Day is our Vitality Shift program, just taught live. So the shift. The, the the vitality shift is an online program that people buy and own forever. It's not trickled through you. You get everything at the same time. It's online modules, um, and it's really created obviously to move your to shift your practice to this salutogenic as we call life model. It's a clinical and communication program. The immersion day takes that information in shorter set segments and teaches it in an eight hour day. So it's a bit of the shift on steroids in the sense that we we have an ability to teach to get through all the content or a lot of the content. We don't get through all the content. Uh, but also people have an opportunity to then role play some of the communication stuff, talk to their personality types, identify what's important to people, role play some of the clinical vital signs, the chiropractic vital signs. So where if you're a solo doc buying a program or a doc in a CA buying Vitality Shift, you're on your, you're totally on your own. It's not a facilitated experience. It's like correspondence. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to be. Yeah. And the shift, yeah. the shift immersion day would be a facilitated experience by you and I. Yeah. And soon to be some of our mentors, probably. The Shift Unplugged, what happened with the Shift Unplugged is we wanted a more casual event that still, uh, still subscribes to our concepts and philosophies we live by, which are people are whole, they're just subluxated. But we realized that much of what people um, feel like they don't know is actually not true. Their barriers tend to be something other than lack of information. And so you can think of the shift immersion day being information orientated and the shift unplugged being experience orientated. So it's mastermind like it's incredibly small class. I call it a class it's a workshop. We keep it under 30 people so that individually we can facilitate an experience for people based on whatever individually people are working on. Usually it doesn't have anything to do with practice growth and everything to do with personal growth. And we bring in our mentors to also do some content regarding practice growth as well. Uh, but I would say it's more experiential in the way that we run the Unplugged. It's more casual. It's not as long. 
we have a social that's involved with it and we want to go to places like we went to Phoenix and now we're going to Kingscliff in a month. Places that are resort-like where people will stay for a few days, they might bring their families and that, you know, we'll take big, a big lunch break, we'll have wine in the evenings, like people can hang out and really we want people to socialize. Even this past weekend and some of the other seminars I've gone to, it goes till nine o'clock at night or six o'clock at night. Well, would by dinner, by, by nine o'clock, you feel like, geez, I'm just getting going, but it's only been three hours or two hours. So, mm-hmm. so, but yet that is where most of the saving the world of chiropractic happened in, like, in those times. It never happened in a seminar. It never happened with a speaker. It happened somewhere else with the energy being plucked from your environment and being put in a different environment with people doing the same things you are. So that's the shift unplugged. I would describe it that way. Would you add anything? Um, well, I think the, the shift unplugged, um, like I said, the, the, we, did, we do leave flex time because um, a lot of the, what we're going to teach is we actually have flex time depending on we question, we, we, we kind of get questions from people on the first night to figure out where their challenges are. So that's really like, uh, the first night is our first visit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's our first visit. And if there's stuff that isn't going to be covered in the, in, in some of the syllabus already, um, we're going to make sure we add it in on that flex time. So it become really, really more personal. And, and again, the, the, the shift immersion day is you get to take a whole day. And the great thing is most people ring their staff. Um, because you actually, you just comb through in a cohesive day, the whole shift, do some role playing. Um, it's cool because chiropractic assistants get to talk to other chiropractors. Like there's a, you know, it's, it's kind of, we, we match people up with people they don't know. And uh, like, I don't know, uh, to go through the shift on your own and then do staff meetings, I think it would take probably about six to eight months to go what we do in a day. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then I just had one last question is that, uh, and I had this this weekend is that um, they're also wondering what, then what's the difference between that and the transformers mastermind it's in uh, September. So the trans, uh, the way I describe the transformers mastermind uh, at the risk of being um, too puffed up, I said it's a combination between John D. Martini, Joe Dispenza and Brene Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's no, ex- no tough expectations on that. But it's true because yeah. if, if, if I look at what we, you know, if, if, by the time somebody gets to a shift unplugged with us or a Transformers Mastermind, anybody can come to the Vitality Shift. Mm-hmm. Price is usually relatively reasonable. It's more seminar-like, right? It's more certain, people. It's more safe where, you know, you don't, if you don't want to participate, you, uh, you don't need to. That's not the case with the shift unplugged, and it's definitely not the case with the Transformers where we only take eight chiropractors or people, uh, two of which two of those spots are already gone, so six people. It's, the, it's, our, it's what we call our high ticket item because for a day and a half, we dig into uh, some, someone's life. We look at all of their um, aberrant patterns of thinking, which have led to the way they act and behave. They might be chiropractors. They might not be chiropractors. We tackle things like shame and fear and anger and frustration and addiction and relationships and money and all the things that nobody wants to talk about but we do it in a very safe environment in, in a, in a, in a mastermind like way in the sense that everybody gets an opportunity to share with one another things that they think would be helpful. It's really, it's, it's a, it's a tribe. It's a very small tribe building experience uh, where we do some activities that are orientated specifically at people breaking through their barriers. So it's it would be what we do a little bit at the shift unplugged less chiropractic orientated and way more in depth so last year we did one full day and we realized that wasn't enough time so this year it's a day and a half it's facilitated by myself and you and dr peter kevorkian 
And by the time somebody gets to a Transformers with us, um, you, you pretty much know, pretty much nobody that comes to that doesn't know us and me in particular, uh, because I am about trying to help people tell the truth about their lives, whatever that is, that, that my truth is not their truth, but we are so disconnected from ourselves. And because we are, we're disconnected from everything we do. And we are walking around in smoke and mirrors. And I really think that somebody's healing, you know, and as I mean, I'm always looking at the world first, chiropractic second, somebody third, and not in that order, because the profession and the world are made up of individuals, individuals who are walking around in smoke and mirrors, who are disconnected from self, who are lying to themselves and lying to the world, raising families that way, starting practices that way, going to relationships that way. And at some point, people start to wake up, and we're trying to get people to wake up before something scary wakes them up. And so, of course, most people that come to the Transformers have usually had some experience that has woke them, Mm -hmm. Um, but some haven't. They just know that uh, they're bitten, tapped on the shoulders a little bit about being woke. And like our practice members there, I don't know if they're hoping it's going to go away and it's not going to happen, but we're just trying to get people to be a little more woke and uh, go back into their lives in that way so that they can, again, first heal themselves, heal their families and ultimately the profession in the world, one person at a time. Yeah, and then the other thing that we do is we connect with everybody about a month before the mastermind um, so that we get a really good view of what's going on for each person, and then we do a follow-up after the mastermind too. So it's it's over like a two to three month time frame yeah. on either side. So, so that's awesome. So anybody who's interested in any of those events, if you go to www.trueconceptseminars.com, you'll be able to find all the information for those events. Um, honey, what do you want to leave Underdog Nation with? parting words of inspiration well i think since we were kind of talking about the team and then salute genesis and our events i think that one of the concepts that we live by that live through all of our events and live live in our practice and i said this in toronto is i really used to think that the profession was broken and that it was my responsibility to fix it and to fix components that would bring in my strengths and i used to think chiropractors were broken and i would coach them and consult them into their into their Um, unbrokenness and I lost my way to some degree in the sense that that's never how I used to work with people and somehow got caught up in the pathogenic model of working with people and so I don't view people that way anymore I really do view that people do have everything they need They, they have everything they need inside of them it is a matter of being able to shed out all the bear all the barriers that sort of are the walls that sort of prevent them from expressing who they are to the world. And I think that all of our events focus on that, whether, whether it's from a reductionistic view, which is your practice or from a vitalistic view, which is your life, they both form you. And I think for us um, and the events that we do and the seminars we put on and the work we do with our turbo shifters and whatever else we do, the whole idea of remembering that you have all that you need You don't need another book. You don't need another program. You don't need another coach. You don't need another degree. And that desire to need more really takes you further and further away from what is already there, which is actually way more powerful than another program that you're going to buy. So I think that I'm going to leave people with that to to consider that. Um, what What can you do to really source all of the tools and all of the strength you already have versus feeling like you're missing something and getting it outside yourself. Awesome. Well, anybody in Australia, um, 
we got May 31st, June 1st is the Unplugged at Kingsclift. And I think as of this recording, we still have a few spots left, so you can check out the website. And for those in North America or anybody who wants to fly to Montreal on November 2nd, we already have uh, registrations rolling in, and we know that one's going to sell out. So uh, if you'd like to have that experience, um, experience contact us. The, trans the Transformers are September 6th and 7th. Yep. And so we'll be opening up registrations for that in June for the payment options. That's an application process. Yeah. And so uh, keep your eyes open for that. And uh, when you uh, tell the damn truth and stop living in smoke and mirrors, <laughs> you can crush the curse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out. <laughs>